I thank you, Father, for an opportunity to dive into your word again. I thank you that as we speak, Father God, as I speak, Father, it is words from heaven on the throne, not my opinions, not my thoughts. Father, I yield myself to you right now. I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do here. You're going to penetrate the heart. You're going you're gonna, to uh, purify the mind. And you're going to call us to higher grounds, Father God, because that's who you are. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, there's something that I, I wanted to do this morning. You all know we have a Facebook page? Yes or no? Yes. yes, okay. And every Sunday morning, we go Facebook Live. And I just want to welcome our Facebook family. Guys, give it up for them. I want to welcome our Facebook family. Because more and more as we have been doing Facebook, I've been noticing the views are going higher. People are, are, are coming. I actually talked to a family a few weeks back from Connecticut that is watching our service. And I thought that was amazing. There's a family that we stay plugged in with from Texas that I think is amazing. So if you're thinking we're just doing stuff here in the city of Holland, no. Facebook Live has been helping us get beyond our city limits and reaching people. And share the page if you have to. If you enjoyed the word, share the page because we want the word of God to go to all the world and, and so forth. The other thing I want to bring up is, you probably noticed my wife's not here. This is very important for her and me. We have to express that she says she loves you guys and she misses you guys. Last Wednesday, are you guys ready for the story? Last Wednesday, my three-year-old boy, the one I talk about all the time, the one that's adventurous, the one that's fearless and jumps off of anything, broke his arm. He broke his arm at three years old. You know, and it was funny because, not the breaking apart, but it was funny because he, he fell, he cried, and then he kind of wiped the tears and just kept going to the park. And we're like, okay, something's not right. And so we picked him up, we evaluated him, and when we got to our truck, we realized he was grabbing his wrist. And we said, okay, we need to go to the, e we need to go to the ER right now. And so when we went to the ER, they five hours, okay? Five hours, all right? I'm so upset about it. Five hours. <laughs> they, we found out he had a broken bone. What's that? Let, I'll let it go. You're right. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Whew, all right. Five hours later, okay, he, bro he broke two bones, but because of a three-year-old's bones not fully developed, it actually didn't break through because they're not solid. It's still more like a gel form, and it bowed his forearm. So as he was laying there with the, taking the x-rays, it looked like a bow. It was, it was kind of freaky looking. And I'm like, okay, let's just not show him right now. And so on Friday morning, we all went in as a family into the specialist, and we got him his green cast. And the cool thing was they had said, the doctor, the specialist had said, his arm's not bowed right now. And that wasn't a shocker to me. I said, you know, I'm believing in God's healing and a speedy recovery. That's my faith right now. But they were expecting to still be bowed. And because of it, what was supposed to be a four-week process, they said next week, Friday, we're just going to take x-rays just to see where it's at. My faith is they're going to see something solid there, and they're going to say it's stronger. Uh, and my son is doing really good right now. He is home, resting with mama, probably climbing something right now, Okay. <laughs> probably climbing right now with that cast. He thinks he's an Avenger now. You know, he throws it up and he's like, he just totally understands this thing is hard. I'm the youngest and I'm going to survive this home, okay? No, totally joking. But then my other, my, my oldest son, who's 10 years old, he, he came down with the fever a couple nights ago. He's still resting right now. So my wife and I last night made the decision that I would be coming solo today and I have to get out of my comfort zone and I have to do this by myself. No, I have you guys and that's what I get excited about. So my wife simply expresses 
sends her love, says that she misses you, and she'll see you guys next week. All right, so today we're going to close up our three-part series called One Church. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, One Church. Now look at your other neighbor that you didn't want to look at in the first and say, Uno, una iglesia, which means one church. And the reason why we say it in Spanish is because we also have a Spanish-speaking service as well, too. But the one thing I'm really proud about here, and not in a boastful way, but just proud to be a part of this church, is the culture and the atmosphere that is built here at Resurrection Life Church Iglesia Vida. You know, if you experienced our church picnic recently, even the past uh, few years, you'll know that there is a tight-knit uh, family atmosphere that is created here. Something that we believe the Lord wants us to live in, you know? And when we think about culture and atmosphere, bottom line, when it comes to me and my wife, a language is not going to stop us from being family. See, I, I, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I, I, I'm a third generation here in the, in the city of Holland in Michigan. My dad's from Puebla, Mexico. My mom is really uh, from Michigan, but her, my grandma, she's from south of the border. And so we, I have roots from the Spanish speaking, but because I'm third generation, I kind of, I'm not good in the Spanish language. I'm learning, okay? And you're probably thinking, well, how do you lead second service? I close my eyes and trust the Holy Spirit. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I trust the Holy Spirit, but I use an interpreter. So is what we do. And I've been practicing scripture. If you want to encourage me, come second service at 12 p.m. I'm reading in Spanish, you guys. I'm growing. I'm growing. Nothing's going to stop me from ministering the word of God to people. That's why, okay? And I'm willing to take on a third language later. Not now. No. <laughs> and so here's the thing. The culture that where I was going with is the culture and the atmosphere here is being created because we're not allowing barriers to stop us from ministering the word of God. Let me tell you something. Three years ago, going on three years ago, when I heard I had to lead a, when God told me I had to lead a Spanish church, I wanted to crawl under a rock and say, why? Why, God? I can't do this. And I started pulling out all the cards of why I can't do it. Have you ever done that to God? Or is that just me and Moses <laughs> in the scripture? If you know the scripture, Moses pulled everything he can against God, every excuse to talk about how inadequate he was to not do what God wanted him to do. And so I'm pulling every card. But then I had a little, oh, actually, this was reverse. God had a little powwow with me. And we had an intimate time. And God was showing me things like I have never seen before. And that day, I realized that God said no barrier on earth or in hell, no obstacle, no mountain can stop you if you commit to me and follow obedience. If you commit to me, no barrier can stop you from ministering the word of God. And that's when I realized a language is not going to stop me from doing so. And a culture has been being created over the last few years. And I love it because when we do our combo services every so often throughout the year, maybe three, four times a year, when we celebrate together, when we do things together, you can see the atmosphere of one church coming together. A few weeks ago, I shared this with you guys. I said, the Lord had told me, you're not an English church. You're not a Spanish church. People will label that, but you're one church because the language doesn't dictate what a church is. It's the spirit of God that says you're my church. And we need to have an understanding that in Christ, we are one body. One spirit is what the Bible says. And we need to follow through in that atmosphere. When you come in and you're feeling like this is awesome and you're, 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 you're thanking the people, awesome, thank you people for being here. But the reason why we are experiencing this is not because of the people, it's because of the spirit that's within the people. 
They're understanding that God is the way, the truth, and the life, and that we can have a tangible relationship with our Heavenly Father. Did you know when Jesus walked this earth and through the New Testament, when you read the story of Jesus, he did two things. He did many things, but he did two main things that really impacted the earth. The first one was is this. He ended up countering culture everywhere he went. I mean, you'll see it where the religious leaders will come up and they will come against him because he wasn't doing it according to what the law of Moses said. And he countered that culture. The world will come at him and they would, they would want to stone him or, or kill him but because he was countering their culture. So what Jesus was doing on earth was he was countering culture a lot, okay? But the second thing he was doing, he was creating culture. And what do you mean? I'll say it better this way. He was countering old, earthly, worldly cultures and creating a new kingdom-minded culture. For instance, when you look at what Jesus told the people, when he told the people, he said this in Matthew 5, 44. He, say, he says this, but I say to you, and you know when there's a but I say, he's flipping the script. He's reminding you who is in authority and who is a living God. As parents, I know when my daughter says, can I stay tonight at my friend's house? I said, no, baby, you can't. But my friend said I can. But I said you can't. I'm, I'm letting you know I'm, I'm daddy here. Okay? And Jesus, in a sense, he says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, the scripture before that, he was talking about how you heard of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And he's talking about how People are so for, the culture is so for revenge. But he's telling us, no, when someone is against you, when there's an enemy opposing you, coming against you, persecuting you, calling you rightfully wrong for doing maybe what's right, he says, bless them. Bless them. Now, huh, can I be real? How many of y'all are like, man, that's hard. Come on, make some noise. Don't leave me alone. That's hard. That's hard to do because we live in this earth that, man, this is very hostile to God and God's ways. And so when, when someone comes at me and, 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 and does me wrong in a sense, God tells me to bless them and love them. That's where God says, you can't do that alone. You need me in your hearts. You see, what, he's, what he was doing then and what he's still doing in us now is changing culture. He wants that culture to be kingdom in our decision making and everything we do. Jesus is going against the culture of the world every single moment that he walked here. By the way, he's still doing it through the church, okay? And teaching us not to be like the world. The whole reason why he says love your enemies, and, and no matter if they're persecuting, love and pray for them, is because he's doing an eternal thing inward, and it needs to be manifested outward so that there's an opportunity for your enemy to become your friend. I'll say that again. He's... He's commanding us to do this inwardly in our hearts because it's impacting us first and foremost, freeing us up from some things so it can manifest outwardly and turn your enemy into a friend. Because how many of y'all know we were enemies of God at one point in our life? If you didn't know that, surprise, you were an enemy of God at one point of your life. But when you came to God, when you found out there was true love and Jesus loved you unconditionally, he loved you when you were his enemy. And he, and he showed hospitality to you, and he expressed his unconditional love and poured it on you. You heard the message for the good, for the first, the, the good news for the very first time. You realized, I'm no longer an enemy, but I'm his friend. 
Now I'm more than a friend. I'm his son or I'm his daughter. Because that's a kingdom culture mindset. God wants us to reflect that in our lives. Think about it for a second. Who is that person? Who is that person that you're like, man, this is really hard to have a conversation with them. I think they're my enemy. They're not for me. They're against me. Now, uh, analyze yourself. What am I doing to bring kingdom culture to their life if they're at arm's reach? Or what am I doing to let go so God can do an impact in my personal hearts? Because what God wants to do is start from here and work his way out, not start from outward and work his way in. See, that, that, that feels good for us. How many of y'all said, once they apologize, I'll be cool with them, I'm good, then I'll be right, then we can walk hand in hand. That's our expectation, but God says, no, inward first, then we'll work on the outward. And when we do that, you'll see more of an impact by God, and you'll be contagious. God will be contagious in your life as you continue to speak. But not only that, he didn't just call, uh, counter that part, he also countered religion. You see, there's one point of where people are against you and don't believe in God, and, you know, there's a hostility side of things of the way we do things. But there's another thing when we have uh, people that think this is how God wants us to do it. This is what it is. And, and what happens is it causes people who love God to go against each other. And Jesus countered religion. When the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who were very educated in the law of Moses, they would, they would look for uh, accusations and ways to pin Jesus because they felt like he's not the son of God. He's not doing anything right because Jesus was focused on the relationship when they weren't. Again, they were focused on the outward and not the inward. Jesus was focused on the inward so the outward can be impacted. But this is what Jesus did to counter religion. He summed, he summed the whole law with two commands. And he said this in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 29. Jesus said, the first in importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. Everyone say, is one. So love the Lord God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. Who's got passion in the house? Make some noise. Who's got intelligence? Make some noise. Yeah, I heard a yes. Who's got some energy in the house right now? Some of y'all are like, I haven't had my coffee, but it's coming. It's kicking in. It's kicking in. <laughs> He's saying, take all of those elements and apply it by loving me all the way. You make sure I'm priority in those areas. It's so easy. I'm going to be honest with you. It is so easy for me to put on Honolulu blue and silver and have a lot of energy to cheer on a team that lets me down every year. Okay? But I have that energy in me is what I'm saying. And so what God wants me to do is refocus that energy to him and loving him. And when I can do that, there's an inward thing that's continuing to happen to me. Continuing on, Jesus says, and here is the second. Other translation would say, and the second is like, okay? Love others. Love others. Say it with me. Love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks, uh, ranks with these. God says, love, love God. And love people. You not following this culture and teaching that Jesus is giving to his people and all of this simply means you're simply not following Jesus' ways right now. Not saying anything about your salvation, but what I am saying is this. You're missing out on freedom and promises that God has for you here on earth. If you follow his way, it's all activated in your life. 
God says you're putting yourselves in hardships because you're deciding to put yourself in hardships. That's not for you to carry. It's for me to show my faithfulness of what I can do to get you through things. Galatians 5.24 says it this way. Those who belong in Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Desires and passions feel good when they're fulfilled, church. But let me tell you something. It doesn't always mean that they're always right. It doesn't always mean that they're right. In other words, there are going to be some things that we have to give up to simply follow Jesus' way. See, when I said yes to Jesus, I had some desires. I had some goals. I had some dreams. I had some ways that I was going to live. I already had a plan when I turned 50, 60, and 70. I was ready because that was my desire. But when I said yes to Jesus, that meant Galatians 5.24 came alive and I crucified myself. I crucified my passions. I crucified my desires and everything I wanted that pleased me really well to the cross. And I said, Lord, I surrender to you now. Let your desire, let your ways happen in my life. That was creating culture within me because Jesus was countering culture so that he could, hear me out, he could shift an atmosphere and create the new culture of the kingdom. Jesus countered culture this whole time while he walked because he wanted to shift an atmosphere, make an atmosphere known. Who's ever been, I'm going off the, off the script a little bit, who's ever been in a position where you enter a certain area, maybe a work area, maybe, a, 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 I don't know, places, a, a, a school or I, the, the store, and you realize, man, the atmosphere is just completely different here. I mean, you sense it in the atmosphere. I don't know if you have, but I have. But then there's other atmospheres out going. I'm like, I really like you. The atmosphere is different. It all has to do with the culture that's inside. If it's not encouraging, but more discouraging, we're going to sense it in the atmosphere. But if it is uplifting and encouraging, we're going to sense it in the atmosphere. And God simply wants us to have that positive, godly atmosphere everywhere we go. And so when you go to work and you feel like, man, the atmosphere is bad here, be the new culture. Be the new atmosphere because God is working in you to change that atmosphere. Amen to that? Don't quit is what I'm trying to say. Don't quit. You're called there. A culture, but here's what I'm trying to say. A culture is created when God is simply present. Everyone say it with me. God is present. A culture is created when God's in the house, when God is first, when God is there. Because the Bible, let me remind you, the Bible says where two or more gather in his name, he is there. Okay, I'll say it again. Where two or more gather in his name, he is there. He is there because there's a culture that's being created at, in the moment, at that time. When we're in prayer, Wednesday, Wednesday nights, we come to prayer. It's, the atmosphere's quiet and no one's here. It's just, it's just kind of dead in this room. But the moment the church starts walking in, people walk in, and people start praising God and worshiping God, the atmosphere starts changing. People will say, man, I'm starting to sense God. Uh, things are happening. I'm starting to see things. I'm starting to hear things in my heart because an atmosphere is changing. An, a culture is being developed. And before you know it, when we're praying for people, God is touching people's hearts. God is, God is touching people's bodies and answering prayers because of what he's created. You know, there's a story in the Bible I want to read to you, and I'm actually going to, it's a long passage, but I'm going to close it with this passage. There are two men 
In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, write that down because I want you to read the whole thing later on. Daniel chapter 3, okay? There are these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? Vegetables will say Shadrach and Benny. That's what they call them, okay? And so we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who are living in this time and this culture which, which is very hostile to God, but they serve their living God. But King Nebuchadnezzar, who, by the way, is wicked in this, in this time right here, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is making everyone worship idols and worship him and work for him. And this culture has been created where it's very wicked and it's against God's way. But these three men, okay, these three men decide to keep culture here and they will not bow. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar tells everyone, you need to bow down to me. This is a new custom. This is a new way. And these three men decide not to do it. Now, let me tell you something. They're being threatened, okay? They're being intimidated, but they are deciding, I'm going to keep God's culture in my heart and pray that God's going to do something. And so we're going to pick up in the story. Now we kind of see where we're at. They're being threatened. They're saying no to the king. I will not bow down. I will not bow down. I will not bow down. And he's threatening them, what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to throw you in the furnace. I'm going to do all this. And they're saying we still will not bow down. And we pick up in Daniel 3.19, and the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious, that means angry, and with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that his face became distorted with rage. How many of y'all see somebody mad, and you could see it in their face, and their demeanor? Now, put authority, make them a king, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear that can play in this role right here. So he's, his face is distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. We're not talking about a couple of logs inside this thing. We're talking about this ginormous furnace that now has been heated beyond its limit, and it's seven times hotter. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Verse 21. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, okay, still angry about this, he demanded such a hot, fiery a uh, hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So these guys that are soldiers working for King Nebuchadnezzar are being commissioned and commanded to throw these men. This furnace is so hot, they're not even in the fire, and they died. That's how hot this thing is, okay? Where am I at? Verse uh, 23. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Now, I would tell you the story stops there, and we all can have a, if you never read the story, we can kind of say, man, where's God in the mix of this whole thing? Let me show you, okay? Let me show you what culture, kingdom culture does when you stand and you allow the spirit to work within you, and you don't submit to world culture, okay? Verse 24, but suddenly, everyone say, but suddenly, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up with amazement and exclaimed, exclaimed to the, his advisors, didn't we tie three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty. No, that's how I hear it. Yes, your majesty. I just think of these little guys. Yes, your majesty, we did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Animation, okay? I, I just, I love stories. Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. Look, 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 something's happening here. 
A shift in the atmosphere is about to happen, guys. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Wait, 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 wait. Stop for a second. Three men thrown in, tied up, bounded. Nebuchadnezzar looks. Four men are in, unbound, walking around, and one looks like a god? Something's happening here. You know what's happening, right? The culture of the kingdom is being manifested in the natural, and it's going to create an atmosphere. Let's go on. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, listen up, guys, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. You guys catching it or not? King Nebuchadnezzar shouted, servants of the Most High God. God, the man that was just against their God is now proclaiming there's a most high God here, okay? Come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Verse 27, then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors, that's all the authority, crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. Check this out. And they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like smoke. Verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servant who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve and worship any god except their own big G God, their living God. Verse 29, therefore, all right, therefore, when you hear a therefore, something new is about to happen. Okay, can you guys see the, the culture changing in this story? Therefore, King Nebuchadnezzar says, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. This is the flesh part of it now. They will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Now check this out, verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to a higher position in the province of Babylon. Did you catch what God was doing in the midst because three men decided not to change the culture of God's kingdom? Three men that said, no, I will not follow the custom of this earth. I will not follow. I will counter the culture that is around and seen and before my eyes to follow the culture of what God is doing in my life. And three men who were threatened, three men who were being intimidated by the army of Nebuchadnezzar decided to follow God's way. And even though death was staring them in their face, they trusted God in the midst. This is what I'm going to say, church. What creates kingdom culture in this earth, in your life, and this journey called life, is God's presence. You can't do anything to change a culture. You need to have a certain somebody, Jesus, to create a culture. It is the presence of God that creates kingdom culture in your life and wherever you're at. You know, the whole argument, the whole argument is, well, this, this, this other being, this fourth person, 
Scholars and theologians will talk about, is it, it, was, it was probably an angel of God or it was Jesus himself before he was born. And I'm not going to get in any of that debate, but I'm going I'm to share with you the revelation that God gave me when I read it. And God said this, it's not about who it was, it was about who was there. He says, that simply means it, I'm, I was present in the fire with those three men. My presence carried into the fire with them. And because of my presence being there, the reason why I was there was this, to simply protect the three faithful servants of the Most High God. What creates kingdom culture is who is present and who is not present. Who is present? God, kingdom culture. Who is not present? There is no kingdom culture. And God wants us to live a life every day, not Sunday mornings, but every day of our life having the presence of God within us everywhere you go. Here's my encouragement now. Maybe you're in a fire. Maybe you're facing something. Maybe there's, it's been hot, and you're like, why am I in this mess, God? I love you. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Let's not forget the three men were sons of God. God loved them, and they were faithful to God, but they still walked through a fire. But you have to remember, even in the midst of their fire, even in the midst of them going through something, God was present because they allowed God to be present. If you're facing something, if you're in the fire, if you feel like I'm in a furnace that, that, that's just being cranked up every step I take, and I'm trying to find what to do here, don't forget who's present with you if you allow him because his purpose, his reason why he's present with you is to protect you so that you can be unbound in the fire, walking in the fire with him, and guess what? You will be unharmed, and you won't even smell like smoke. In other words, you won't even be phased by the fire that you're in. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked out, the Bible says they were promoted. That culture they had manifested and, and influenced the king, influenced to the point where he, he made a new decree. Don't be messing with their God right now. And gave these three men authority and a higher position. And guess what they're going to do with that? Share the good news of who our true living God is. Maybe you're in that fire because God is doing something in you and wants you to create a culture through your hands and feet. What is it, church, that God is using? My, my, my encouragement is this. Simple encouragement. Don't let the fire stop you from doing what God wants you to do. The fire is only going to refine you, and you're going to walk out as pure as gold. All the garbage is going to melt right off, and you're going to walk out there, and God's going to promote you to a higher rank. He's going to bring you to better positions. He's going to open doors for you because you've allowed his presence to be with you the whole entire journey. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. We can have this living, tangible God in our life every day, not just to know he's a creator, but to know that he's a heavenly father in our life. If you accept him, the Bible says in Acts 12, I'm sorry, Acts 4, 12, it says that salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. There is a reason why Jesus came to this earth died for our sins, raised from the grave, and ascended back into the Father. And so he can re we can be redeemed and restored back in right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And he offers that as an invitation to you. Come to the family is what God says. Accept my son, accept my invitation, and come to the family.
But church, it comes down to you. So with all eyes closed, here's your invitation. If you want to simply make a decision, whether it's my first time doing this or my, I'm just coming back. I kind of walked away for a while, but I'm just coming back. If this is you on any of those decisions on the count of three with, with boldness, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. God bless you. 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 This is your time. Anybody else? This is your time. You guys can put your hands down. The hope of this is that our relationship with Jesus is restored. Yes, we will still walk through fire. Yes, there will still be storms. But what's brand new is the outcome. We will walk out of the fire. We will walk through and out of this storm. We don't have to camp in something. God says he will refine us. He will make us brand new. And when life throws a curveball at you, you'll be ready. Because of who is with you. Anybody else? Hands up. Awesome. Let's all do this as a church family. Let's put one hand over our heart and repeat after me. Say, God, thank you for your mission, for my life. I'm sorry for my sins that I've committed against you. Even when I didn't know it, you still were faithful to me. Jesus, help me in this journey called life. Lead me to where you want me to go and build me the way you want to build me. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And we celebrate by saying, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give it up for those folks that did that.